The Prime Minister has announced the most drastic limits to our lives that the UK has ever seen in living memory. The aim, he says, is to save lives in this time of national emergency. Without a huge national effort, Mr Johnson has made it clear there will come a moment when the NHS will not be able to cope and more people will die. From tonight, you can only leave your home for very specific reasons. They are to shop for basic necessities such as food and medicine. You can go outside for only one form of exercise a day, alone or with members of your household. All gatherings of more than two people are banned, excluding your family. You can leave home for any medical need or to care for a vulnerable person. And finally, you can travel to and from work, but only where absolutely necessary and if you cannot work from home. These new restrictions can be enforced by the police, including using fines. Today, 335 people are confirmed to have died from coronavirus. That's six times more than this time last week. Our political editor, Laura Kuzberg, joins us live from Westminster. And Laura, we're all just taking these huge changes in, but the Prime Minister clearly felt he had no other option tonight. That's right, Fiona. None of us have ever heard a message like it. No politician alive could ever have imagined delivering it. And that's because the coronavirus crisis is a situation that the country has simply never faced anything like in living memory. And that's why Boris Johnson tonight described this as a moment of national emergency. The coronavirus crisis is hitting home. The clock starts on a new phase. Big Ben keeping time on an era none of us could have imagined. Inside, at a desk in Downing Street, an admission to every one of us outside. Without a huge national effort to halt the growth of this virus, there will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope. Because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. And as we've seen elsewhere in other countries that also have fantastic healthcare systems, that is the moment of real danger. To put it simply, if too many people become seriously unwell at one time, the NHS will be unable to handle it, meaning more people are likely to die, not just from coronavirus, but from other illnesses as well. So it's vital to slow the spread of the disease. No longer just advice on how to battle the virus, but a demand from number 10. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. Because the critical thing we must do to stop the disease spreading between households, that is why people will only be allowed to leave their home for the following very limited purposes. Shopping basic necessities as infrequently as possible. One form of exercise a day, for example, a run, walk, cycle, alone or with members of your household. Any medical need to provide care or to help a vulnerable person and travelling to and from work, but only where this is absolutely necessary and cannot be done from home. That's all. These are the only reasons you should leave your home. If you don't follow the rules, the police will have the powers to enforce them, including through fines and dispersing gatherings. This isn't only an emergency for our hospital wards, for the country. So all shops must shut unless they sell necessities. All gatherings of more than two people ban. 
And yet it is also true that there is a clear way through. In this fight, we can be in no doubt that each and every one of us is directly enlisted. Each and every one of us is now obliged to join together to halt the spread of this disease, to protect our NHS and to save many, many thousands of lives. And I know that as they have in the past, so many times, the people of this country will rise to that challenge and we will come through it stronger than ever. We will beat the coronavirus and we will beat it together. And that, I urge you, at this moment of national emergency, to stay at home, protect our NHS and save lives. Labour had been calling from today for a firmer hand. We do need to understand how they'll be enforced. We do need to understand the details of who can actually travel to work and who can't travel to work. People are frightened. People are concerned. People just want certainty and clarity. So we welcome what the Prime Minister has said tonight. It's what we were calling for. But we hope the government can quickly follow it up with the details that families tonight deserve to hear. The demand in every corner of the UK tonight. Close the doors. Let me be blunt. The stringent restrictions on our norms are difficult and they are unprecedented. The amount effectively to what has been described as a lockdown. I know how difficult all of that is and I am not going to seek to sugarcoat it in any way. But these measures are essential for the protection of all of us. Our politicians can't hide from the scale of this. Now neither can we. After effort and pain, this will pass. But the country may look different on the other side. Well, for people listening at home, hearing this for the first time, this will be pretty shocking. And could there be more restrictions yet to come? Well, Fiona, as you say, first of all, I think it will take all of us some time to absorb the scale of what the government has announced here. But I think it's also fair to say, as the government's always tried to say throughout this crisis, that nothing is off the table if the advice they receive from their scientists actually takes them there. You know, ministers have been at pains to say that since the start. Whatever the data tells them, whatever the scientists tell them, they will try to make the best decisions at the best time to do so. But it's also true that rather than a step-by-step -step approach, this feels now like the government is sprinting to try to keep up with this in what is obviously an extremely serious situation. And the approach has moved very quickly as the numbers of cases have really begun to rise. But in terms of these measures alone, it's very clear that Boris Johnson and his advisers got to the point where they felt they had no choice but to move to a much more drastic approach and this much clearer, very crystal clear message to the country, stay at home, close the doors. Now it is worth remembering other countries are still taking a much more draconian approach. We're not talking about anything like curfews or travel bans, some of the things that we've seen happen in other countries. Remember too, of course, for the majority of people that contract coronavirus, it is a mild illness. Most people recover. But because it is not for those people who are luck unlucky enough to fall very seriously ill and there are very many vulnerable people at risk, this as a result of the decisions that the government has taken is an extremely serious moment for the country in a very precarious position. Laura, I was Mr. Thank you. 
So, these new measures come in tonight. We are all trying to understand what they mean, how they will change our lives. They will remain in place for at least three weeks. Here's our home editor, Mark Easter. A fortnight ago, London was a throbbing global city. Tonight, it's reduced to providing life support. Near empty streets echo to the wave of sirens. Food stores, petrol stations and pharmacies now operate as emergency services with a plea to shop only once a week. I have a kid at home and he gets hungry, but I've told him we have to live on what we need. And once a week can you manage that? I think you can manage once a week if you shop carefully. I think he's made the right decision actually. We'll have to flatten the curve and prevent as many deaths as possible and ease the pressure on the NHS. You think once a week shopping is too, too difficult? It is. So will you be trying to go out more often than that? Yes, please. It was last orders at this chicken shop. Well, if it's good for the people and good for the country, it has to be. The shops are closed, the theatres are dark, the bars are shut. The vitality and enterprise that built London has been banished. Police patrol a city where the rules of law-abiding life are changing radically. For the most part, officers will use encouragement rather than enforcement. But that too may change if people won't do what they're told. What are you doing here tonight? I'm doing my YouTube channel. A YouTube channel? Yeah, I've got my YouTube channel. You think you should really be out? Yeah, because of this is the updated. The temples and monuments to human endeavour remain, but the crowds are not welcome now. The city whose purpose is to bring people together is tonight focused on keeping people apart. Will it work? Can the people of London and indeed Britain hold their collective breath, give the health workers the time they need? That is the test, perhaps, upon which history will judge this country. Mark Easton, BBC News, London. Police will be enforcing the new restrictions. Our Home Affairs correspondent Daniel Sampers is outside New Scotland Yard. So how is this enforcement going to work in practice, Daniel? Well, I think a lot of the details are still quite sketchy. It's not quite clear what powers the police will use, but officials insisted tonight that powers the police will have the necessary powers. And that's uh, going to be something that we're going to hear more about, I think, in the next day or two. But certainly senior officers I've spoken to are hoping they're going to be able to do this more by persuasion than by enforcement. They're hoping that if they were to find a shop open that wasn't supposed to be open, they'd be able to go up and say, listen, you're really not supposed to be open. Uh, maybe go with council officials, persuade them to close, say we're not leaving until you shut. Maybe if they find a group of uh, people gathering who are clearly breaching the rules about public gatherings, they might be able to persuade them to disperse. Uh, but the government is insisting that it is giving police powers to enforce these. Uh, new rules if necessary. Daniel Sanford, outside New Scotland Yard, thank you. Well, let's get a little more on the implications for all of us of tonight's announcement. In a moment, we'll speak to John Kay in Bristol and Emma Simpson, who's at London's King's Cross Railway Station. But first, let's talk to our consumer affairs correspondent, Sarah Corker, who's at the shopping centre in Manchester. Sarah, just clarify for us exactly what shops we can now go to and which we can't. to social distance and the message from the government is shopping centres like this one here in Manchester and across the UK are now off limits. All non-essential retailers must shop.
shut. So that includes many high street chains, clothing stores, health and beauty salons, hotels, essentially anywhere that doesn't sell food or vital supplies. Now to ease the financial strain on businesses, the government has already said it will pay 80% of wages for those who are affected by these closures. Now as for those stores deemed as vital and that will be allowed to stay open, they include supermarkets, petrol stations, funeral homes, pharmacies and also online retailers. But I think the challenge going forward will be for stores like supermarkets to try and cope with the huge demand from shoppers who could see them limiting the number of customers or putting markers on the floor to try and keep customers apart. And the message from the British Retail Consortium tonight to the public is be considerate to retail staff working in very difficult conditions. Who would have thought that something as simple as a trip to the park would change so fundamentally and so suddenly? But it has. You know, the last few days, parks like this one in Bristol, right across the UK, there have been people out enjoying the spring sunshine. Even this afternoon, kids who can't go to school at the moment were on those climbing frames and swings, but not anymore. The Prime Minister says that although we can come to a park to exercise with somebody from our own household once a day, that is it. So, this play equipment will be cordoned off. It will be out of bounds. I'll give you another example here. Uh, the little coffee shop where people might grab a, a coffee or a cup of tea to watch their kids, that will shut down. Beyond it, the bowling green, the tennis court will be shut down. Basically, all the places where we might be tempted to congregate. We've seen those pictures over the weekend of people gathering together. All of those places will be shut to try to remove that temptation of keeping people together. You know, on a cold March night at 10 o'clock, you can kind of imagine what that might be like. But remember, the clocks go forward this weekend. Just imagine what it's going to be like as the days get longer and the weather improves. Hard to get your head around. the working week but things are already so far removed from normality aren't they I'm at one of London's busiest stations and tonight I could almost count the number of passengers on the concourse on my fingertips it's extraordinary and so eerily quiet but measures have already been put in place for public transport so the trains are still running but it's a reduced service key routes are open to ensure that essential workers are able to travel to and from their jobs there's also reduced service on the London Underground, but today we saw pictures of packed, overcrowded carriages at certain stops, the exact opposite of social distancing. So clearly they hope that this isn't going to continue tomorrow. The authorities think perhaps that there are more people on this network than they want. So the message that's playing out from the tunnels here tonight is only go on public transport if you are a key worker or if it's absolutely essential. Emma Simpson, Sarah Cook and John Kay, thank you all very much. Well, tonight's announcement comes amid fears that the UK risks going down the same path as Italy, which has recorded more coronavirus deaths than any other country. Our medical correspondent, Fergus Walsh, is here with me. So, Fergus, let's just get this into context. Where are we in relation to Italy now? Well, each country will have its own unique epidemic, but there are some striking similarities between the UK and Italy in their early stages. Now, if we bring on a graph showing the deaths in Italy, you can see that Italy reached 
133 deaths on the 7th of March. That was 15 days after their first death. And the UK reached the same token on the 21st of March, 16 days after its first death. So that would suggest that we may be 14 days behind them. Italy has had over 6,000 deaths, the UK 335, so it's a stark warning. And these, these very strict social distancing measures now that Boris Johnson has introduced this evening, what difference can they make? Well, they can have a really dramatic difference. Now, on average, each infected person will infect on average two and a half others and the chain of transmission repeats every five days now if there's no curves at all after 30 days you'd have 406 people infected from that one original source so now it's absolutely huge now if you can cut exposure by 50 percent then instead of one person infecting two and a half they infect one and a quarter people and after 30 days, you have 15 people infected. That's a 95% reduction from 406 down to 50. And it shows you that social distancing, household isolation, staying at home, avoiding all unnecessary contact, it works, it will save lives.